Thank you so much. Uh, let me see. I have to make a little adjustment here. Uh, it's okay if I move the, the uh, laptop. So it would help. Thank you. Well, good afternoon, everyone. Uh, Joy to be with you once again. And I want to especially uh, thank um, Elder Williams and and Glenn Altamat for the invitation to come and to be with you. And uh, it's been a joy. I have been a uh, enjoying myself immensely, and uh, a chance to converse with many of you, and I shall indeed take your regards back to my wife. Amen. Amen. And um, hopefully, if the opportunity opens itself up again, um, she'll be able to accompany me here. And uh, so we'll just uh, continue to dwell in the will of God. Let's pray. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on all of us this morning. Make us, mold us, help us to be in your will. In Christ's name, amen. I'm reading from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37. Ezekiel, chapter 37, and I am going to read down to verse 6, Ezekiel, chapter 37. All right, if you have it, say amen. Right, uh, beginning with verse 37, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. It was full of bones, and he led me around among them. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, Prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will cause flesh to come upon you, cover you with skin, put breath in you, and you shall live, and you shall know that I am the Lord. I want to use as my theme this morning Uh, The subject, it's not over until God says it's over. And I 
just want to encourage all of us here this morning, particularly many of us who probably are faced with difficulties and uh, there are situations when you go back home, you are not too sure of exactly how to handle those situations. Some of them uh, seem almost impossible. But the good news is that God is still on the throne. And I want to encourage you, regardless of what it is that you are faced with, don't throw in the towel. Don't give up. And uh, remember, just because your prayers have not been answered yet does not mean that they will not be answered. And just because you have not been healed or a loved one has not been healed yet does not mean that they will not be healed. And just because you may be going through some financial difficulty uh, does not mean that you will always be in that predicament. For as I said, God is still on the throne. And our text of scripture today takes us to a graveyard where everything is dead. And God had transported Ezekiel to a valley filled with bones of dead people. And uh, graveyards are not one of my favorite places to go. <clears throat> There's just something about a graveyard that's not too inviting. And Ezekiel says it is a place where it is filled with bones. No life, just bones. No future, just bones. No hope, just bones. And the word says that Ezekiel, verse 2, walked around. All of these bones, just looking at it. He took a excursion around the bones, filled with bones, and he just looking at these bones. And what he saw was beyond the scripture. He saw ankle bones that did not stand on the promises of God. Looking at bones, dry bones. Ezekiel saw all of these bones. He saw leg bones that had not walked in the counsel of the ungodly. He saw knee bones that refused to bow in reverence to God. He saw back bones that would not help carry the burdens of others. He saw hip bones that had sat in the seat of the scornful. He saw shoulder bones that refused to bear the cross of Christ. Yes, he saw neck bones that were simply stiff in sin. He saw head bones that had been headstrong, couldn't tell him anything. He saw arm bones that refused to reach out and hug a brother in love and forgiveness. He saw hand bones that refused to reach out and shake another brother's hand. Ezekiel saw all of these bones, 
And the word said that Ezekiel, as he looked at all of these bones, God said to him in verse 3, Ezekiel, can these bones live again? And Ezekiel, wise enough to say, oh, Lord, you are the only one that knows. You are the only one that can answer this question. And we need to understand that there are situations that occur in our lives, questions that only God knows the answer. It is only God who knows if you are going to be healed or not. Only God knows that. In spite of all the, the, the remedies that people throw your way and all of the herbs and etc., only God knows if you're going to be healed. Only, it's only God who knows how your finances are going to turn out. And I'm glad God is the last word. How about you? There are situations in this life where there are no human solutions. And the earlier we understand that, the better it is for us to get along in this society. There are situations in this life where there are no human solutions. The only thing that will work is hearing from God. The only turnaround is from God himself. And the Bible says that God told Ezekiel, Ezekiel, you see all of these dry bones? I want you to go back down to this valley of dead bones and tell them it's not over. I'm not finished with them yet. Go down there and tell death that it's not over until God says it's over. Tell them, I know that you look dead and that you smell like you are dead and that you feel like you are dead. But it's not over until God says it's over. Verse 4, go down and tell these dry bones to hear the word of the Lord. You know, the word of God was the means of bringing life back into their dead bodies. Thank God. For the word of God. The word of God makes saints out of sinners. The word of God makes believers out of doubters. The word of God makes deacons out of alcoholics. The word of God makes preachers out of drug addicts. The word of God makes choir members out of gamblers. The word of God makes Bible readers out of porn readers. The word of God makes church lovers out of church haters. And it is the word of God that enabled all of us to be here. Were it not for the word of God, only God knows where we would be. Some of us would be far from him. Some of us, only God knows. Thank God for the word of God. And when men come to die, they don't call for the works of Aristotle and Plato and Socrates and, and all of the philosophers. They want to hear the word of God. They want to hear, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. They want to hear Psalms 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? They want to hear John 14, 1 to 3, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. 
They want to hear 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and the word of God declares that the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. When a person comes to the end of his life, he needs to hear the word of God. They want to hear Revelation chapter 20 and verse 6. Blessed and blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power. How many want to be a part of the first resurrection? Oh, yes. They want to hear 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 51 to 55. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment. In the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, the trumpet shall sound. The dead shall be raised incorruptible, for this corruptible must put on incorruption. This mortal must put on immortality. Then shall it be brought to pass to saying, oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Men and women love the Lord, want to hear Revelation 21, 1 to 5. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven passed away. And there shall be no more death, nor the sorrow, nor crying, for all of these things shall pass away. And thank God for the word of God. And the word of God is that which will bring life back into dead souls. It may look like the end. It may look like it's time to give up and throw in the towel. But I'm here to tell you. That it doesn't matter what it looks like on the outside. It's not over until God says it's over. Man may count you out. The enemy may tell you to give up. But God says it's not over until I say it's over. And there are some people here today, no doubt, who have been through all kinds of conflicts and And trials knocked down and laughed at. But God says it's not over until I say it's over. Abraham and Sarah thought it was over. They thought it was all over. We are beyond, not just beyond, we are way beyond the age of childbearing. But God said, you're going to have a child. Just get ready. Uh, and the word said that, it, that Sarah laughed. She thought it was funny. She laughed. And Abraham laughed also. And God said, why did you laugh? So I didn't laugh. <laughs> she thought it was over. A few months later, uh, morning sickness came on. And she started desiring certain things to eat. And all of a sudden... The examination said, you are expecting. Abraham and Sarah thought it was all over. But God said, "Uh uh-uh, it's not over until I say it's over. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what you may have missed in the past. God says it's not over until I say it's over. And Isaac came on the scene because God says it's not over. Samson thought it was all over when they cut his hair and put out his eyes. But God says it's not over. I want you to go and grab a hold of the post. Have somebody out there to grab a hold of the post. 
And Samson said, said, if you can just get me out there. And the young man led him out to where the posts are. He grabbed the hold of it. All Everybody else thought it was over. His strength had gone. No more fear of Samson. But Samson grabbed the hold of that and the power of the Holy Spirit came upon his life. And the word said that more people died at that scene than any other time. Because God says, it's not over yet. The king of Babylon thought it was all over when they put Daniel in the lion's den. Oh, they thought it was all over. Put him in the lion's den. We told him not to pray. Put him down there in the lion's den. They just hungry lions that were ready to pounce on him. But what they did not know was the fact that there was another lion already down there. And that was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And though, and, 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 the lion of the tribe of Judah told all of those other lions, keep your mouth closed. <laughs> this, this is one of my servants here. And the king of Babylon looked down there and saw Daniel uh, just, just uh, fellowshipping with the lions. Daniel, you better come on out of there. The point is, it's not over until God says it's over. Nebuchadnezzar thought it was all over when he put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. He really thought it was all over. They won't bow down. I'll teach them a lesson. And they put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. And the word says that the fire was so hot that the people who put them in there, they burned up. And they put Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. But what they didn't know is that when they looked in there, they said, I put three in, but I see a fourth one. And it looks like the son of God. Jesus had met them in there and he turned on that air condition. He said, it's not over, fellas. It's not over until God says it's over. And the, the marvelous point about it, they thought that they were destroying Shadrach, Meshach, and the Bendigo. But you know, God saw everything, and God is still on the throne, and God saw it. As a matter of fact, a two-winged angel, I can just imagine, floated up to the Father. Lord, I can be down there in a minute. Just let me go down there. I can be in that fiery furnace in a minute. And the Lord Jesus said, oh, that's good, but that's not fast enough. Then a four-winged cherubim came. Lord, I can be down there in a half a minute. Jesus said, that's, that's, not, that's not fast enough. Six-winged angel. I can be down there in ten seconds to protect them. Lord said, that's not fast enough. Jesus said, I'm there already. And when they got down there in the fiery furnace, Jesus had already cooled everything off. It's not over. Until God says it's over. Mary and Martha thought it was all over when Lazarus died. Thought it was all over. Lord, if you had been here, if you just had gotten here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. In other words, he was telling them, it's not over. Until I say it's over. And Jesus went, let me know where they are, where Lazarus is buried. His body, is, his body has a smell. It's stinking already. 
He said, it's not over until I say it's over. And he went to that tomb and said, Lazarus, come forth. And the word said that Lazarus started stumbling out of there. And Ellen White says the reason that he said, Lazarus, come forth, because if he had just said, come forth, all of the dead would have gotten up and come out of there. So he said, this is not the time. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus started coming out of there with the grave clothes, uh, removed the clothes from him. My brothers and sisters, the point is that the word makes, that the word emphasizes is that I don't care what situation you are faced in, what kind of predicament you find yourself in life, that you and I must always remember that God has the last word. And it's not over until God says it's over. It may look like it's over, but God says, oh, no, it's not over until I say it's over. God is still on the throne. And today, my brothers and sisters, as Ezekiel looked at those dry bones and and the chapter says that the dry bones represent the church of God, represents God's people. And unfortunately, There are too many dry bones in our churches that need to be resurrected. How do I know when my bones are dry? Well, I've got several points. First of all, you know your bones are dry when there is no longer a desire to read the word of God. I mean, when you get excited about reading everything, you are so busy and you spend hours watching the the television, and, and I was doing this and I was, but you don't have any time to read the word of God, your bones have become dry. They have become dry. Your bones have become dry when your prayer life has grown cold. There's no prayer in the home. You know, we used to always emphasize the fact that uh, uh, prayer in the morning, early morning, prayer with the family, family worship, Prayer in the morning, prayer in the evening, and prayer is still important in our homes. Would you say amen to that? And when today we get so excited about uh, doing and running out, jumping these cars, leave the home and jumping these cars and ride up and down without ever praying, it is vitally important that you stop and pray. You go out there and without prayer and some of these people driving cars and their minds are not stable and filled with all kind of the devil loves to catch people out there without prayer. And so our own admonition that we pray. Amen, everybody. Husbands ought to pray with wives. Wives ought to pray with husbands. My wife and I don't leave the house without having prayer with each other. Prayer. Vitally important in the morning, in the afternoon, in the evening. And uh, what will you consider? Did you know how you know how many times uh, Muslims pray? That's right. Five times. How many times do we pray? I mean, consistent doing that, praying five times a day. I said, I'm not going to let Muslims out pray me. Uh Uh-uh. That's just not going to happen. And by the grace of God, you and I 
need to constantly be in communion with the Father. Amen. You know that your bones have become dry when you begin to rationalize about sin in your life. Then our bones become dry when we rationalize and compromise. Well, this is not too, this is just a, a small, and everybody else is doing this, and, and it's okay, and the Lord will accept it. No, your bones have become dry. Your bones have become dry when your life is completely revolved around money. And your bones have become dry. Money is a wonderful thing if you don't worship it. And there are some people who, regardless of what the word says, that's why the Bible says it's the love of money. That's the root of all evil. You have people that break in the Sabbath, working. And uh, we used to tell people, uh, particularly those that are in hospitals, that if you work in a hospital uh, and uh, you have to be on duty, then once a month, then you dedicate that which you receive to the mission field or mission. Anybody remember that? Does anybody remember that? We used to say that to people, but now folks get up, just go to work, whatever. And uh, take all of the money. And not only take the money, but don't even return tithe. Your bones have become dry and in need of resurrection. Your bones have become dry when, it's no, when it no longer bothers you that other people around you are lost. Bones have become dry. It doesn't bother you that your neighbors know not the Lord, that people that you work with know not the Lord, people in your own family know not the Lord. When, when, when you've lost the passion, the passion of telling people about the love of God and what he has done for you and his soon coming, then our bones have become dry. Our bones have become dry when coming to church is not important anymore. Not only do people miss Sabbath school, no, Sabbath school is just about going out the window in many churches. And uh, Wednesday night prayer meeting, but drag in, drag in the church uh, uh, after the orphan is taken. And, uh, or if I get there, I get there. Your bones have become dry. Well, I don't feel like coming to church today. You know people like that? I don't feel like coming to church today because my, uh, I've got a pain in my back or my leg hurts. Or, now, the same people have been getting up, going to work all week long. But when Sabbath comes around, well, I've got a pain here and, I've got, and I'm not going to come in going to come to church, your bones have become dry. And the best way anybody can do it, regardless of the pain, just look at that leg and say, you, pain, you might as well get well, you're going to church. <laughs> just take that pain to church and, uh, and God will heal it while in church. Headache, headache, you're going to church. Take the headache to church. Tell the backache to church. And, and all of these things, drag it in the church, and when you get there and hear the songs of Zion and the word of God, you come out feeling, I'm healed. I'm healed. Uh, your bones have become dry when you have lost the joy of the Lord. I don't know about you, but I, I, I still have the joy of the Lord. Since the first day, as a, 
as an 18-year-old baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. I still have the joy of the Lord. I still love reading the word of God. I still love going to the house of God, and I love sharing the word of God and talking about him and, and praying to him. That's just me. I love doing the things of God, and if I didn't do it, I would be miserable. I, I still joy in the things of God. And when you lose your joy, when you lose your bones have become dry. That's why Psalms 51 talks about uh, create within me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. And talks about renew my joy. And the joy of God enables you to serve God joyfully. God forgive Christians who walk around without joy. The worst testimony and witness is for a Christian to have a long face and have a bad disposition and a Christian who is mad and upset because they are Christian. I mean, that's a bad witness. Who wants to follow you? Who wants to do what you were doing? A joyful Christian is a Christian who has a testimony that God has not only done something for me, but he is able, I mean, he's so good, and he's so gracious. And if you get a hold of him, he'll turn your life around. That's why that song says, if you want joy, real joy, wonderful joy. Let Jesus come into your life. Your sins, he'll wash away. Your night, he'll turn to day. Your life, he will make anew. If you want joy, the real joy, let Jesus come into your life. Then the word says in verse 9 of chapter 37, it talks about the fact that God told Ezekiel. He said, um, uh, well, look at verse 7. So I prophesied. And as I commanded and as I prophesied, there was a sound and behold, a rattling and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, behold, and the Bible talks about flesh coming together because the wind blew. He said, the wind is going to blow. Let the wind blow. And when the wind blew, love blew in from the north and forgiveness came in from the south. Mercy flew in from the east. Grace came in from the West and the wind that the word of God talks about is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit makes the difference in our lives. The wind that blew in, blew out all the trash, blew out all the depression, the lies, the anger, the idols. The wind blew out the I can'ts and why me and nobody cares. And, you know, when the Holy Spirit comes in, it blows out all of the trash. It blows out the pity parties. It blows out all of the, uh, the uh, problems of self-esteem that we have. Because when the Holy Spirit comes in, the Holy Spirit lifts us and he places us in an atmosphere of joy. And the Bible says 
that when God's spirit moved upon the dry bones, there was an electric current that ran from one end of the valley to the other. Bones started coming together. Bones started moving in that valley. Toe bones connected with foot bones and foot bones connected with ankle bones. Look at them coming together. And ankle bones connected with leg bones and leg bones connected with knee bones. They're coming together. And knee bones connected with thigh bones and thigh bones connected with hip bones and hip bones connected with with breast bones and breast bones connected with back bones and back bones connected with neck bones and neck bones connected with head bones. And as the spirit says, hear the word of the Lord. And the Bible says, when you read the passage, it says they stood up together as one army. They stood up together. They were united. These dead bones came alive. Can you imagine what will happen when we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our churches? When we allow the Holy Spirit to revive us, we will come alive. And when we people come to the house of God, it will not be like going to a funeral parlor. It will not be like going to uh, some uh, some mosque uh, where everything is dead. The music will be alive. The preaching will be alive. The people will be alive. The greeting will be alive. The welcoming will be alive. When people hit the front door of the church, they will feel that this is a live church. This church is alive. Something is going on in this church. The Holy Spirit is moving in this church and and they will feel a welcome. They will feel a greeting. They will feel people that love everybody. And the grace of God will have awakened the entire church of the living God. And then you will see growth in the church of God because word will get out. They're alive over there. They're no longer dead. It's no longer a cemetery. They are alive. And that means elders have to come alive, too. You can't stand up there like you're dead. Cannot stand up there like you are at the cemetery. You've got to have a smile on your face. You're greeting in your heart. Alive. Everybody has come alive. And these bones came alive because God sent the word. It's not over until I say it's over. And because they came alive, that means God can resurrect anything. And anybody, a marriage can come alive again. A dead marriage, a family can come back together again. A church can come back together in unity. Business can come alive. Your dreams can come alive. Hope can come alive. And love can come back and joy and peace. And and all of it can be resurrected when we allow the Holy Spirit To move upon our hearts. Jesus says I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me though he were dead yet shall he live again. Pilate thought that Jesus not only had been crucified but it was all over. 
We don't have to bother with him anymore. All of these rumors and all of this pulling together of people. Pilate thought it was over when he saw Jesus drop his head in his shoulder and say, declare it is finished. He thought it was all over when they saw him taken down from the cross, placed in the tomb. He says, over. Hands, it's over. The priests thought it was all over. Soldiers thought it was all over. They saw him taken down. But it's not over until God says it's over. And everybody thought it was all over that Friday. And they thought it was all over that Sabbath. But early that Sunday morning, God dispatched an angel from the battlements of glory. It came all the way down to this earth. And said, Jesus, thou son of God, your father calleth thee. And there was an earthquake upon this earth. And once again, if, if the name of Jesus had not been called, all of the dead would have gotten up out of the grave. And Jesus came out of there declaring, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live again. And that's what I try to tell people when I have to go to the cemetery with individuals who have lost loved ones and have to take people. And I this year, I've had to take a lot of different people, walk their families to the cemetery, men and women that I pastored and and gone back and funeralized them. And I tell them over the families over and over again that it's not over, that as you stand at this Cemetery burying that loved one. The Holy Spirit, in his own way, whispers in our ear, it's not over. It's not over. And my brothers and sisters, I am so glad that it's not over. Because like many of you, I've had to bury a mother, a father, a brother, a sister-in-law, seen two grand children come into the world and breathe and then go back out. Uh, I've seen buried friends and all. But God on every occasion says, it's not over. It's not over. Because the Lord declares that he shall descend from heaven with a shout. And the voice of the archangel and the dead in Christ, those bones that are dead are going to get up. Those bones that have consumed are going to be resurrected. And as John the Revelator said, that behold, I saw new Jerusalem come down from heaven. And there be no more sickness, no more death, no more sorrow. For all things are passed away. I look forward to that day. How about you? And I say as we get ready to leave here. And go back to our churches and go back to our families. Remember, God is still on the throne. And it is not over. Whatever it is that you're going through, it is not over until God says it's over. Therefore, keep on praying, keep on fasting, keep on singing, keep pressing, keep moving, keep trusting, keep interceding, keep believing, keep trying, keep living, keep giving, keep traveling. Keep your head toward the sky because he's coming soon 
And it's not over until God says it's over. God bless you.